Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about something extremely important for you navigating your own life on your terms, which is part of confidence, right? As you get more confident, you outgrow perhaps insecurities or old stories about yourself, old identities that don't serve you. And you can start to steer your life as the leader of your life more and more. And there is a nuance to that that I want to share in today's episode, which people get tripped up, uh, clients that I work with, especially if they read my book, Not Nice, um, or have studied assertiveness, then they get into these scenarios that are complex. I mean, it, it rarely is life so simple as, well, just do X and you, you solve the problem. There, there's a lot of factors going on. And we're going to look at some of those today, particularly when to say yes and when to say no, when to do more or take on more, and when to take on less. And, you know, in the past, you may have lived by a simplistic formula. I know I sure did, which is like, well, what do you do? You say yes or do you say no? Do you take on more or do you take on less? Well, how do you decide? Well, you just do whatever other people want. <laughs> I mean, problem solved, right? You know, this person wants me to say yes, I'll say yes. This person wants me to take on more, I'll take on more. And you just, you don't even really question it. It's It's simple. And part of us likes that. It's simple. But while it's simple, it doesn't actually mean that it serves you or helps you live your own life on certainly not on your terms because you're not even steering right what you decide to do is solely based upon how was gonna say the desires of others but actually it's in your imagined sense of the desires of others and fear of conflict fear of separation fear of upset fear of guilt so really, it's a fear-based way of living. And that's at its core what niceness is in the first place, is a, is a fearful way of living. And so we want to do something better. And then the other side of that, though, because sometimes people will flip and then go completely to the other side where they're like, well, I'm just going to do what I want and whatever I want. You know, now it's my time. And, you know, in some ways that can be beneficial because it pulls someone out of self-sacrificing more uh, mode. You know, there's that in the book, Not Nice, I talk about the selfish spectrum. So imagine a, a scale, right? On, on the one side of the scale, the left side of the scale, you have extreme lack of selfishness. That would be called self-sacrificing. I don't even know what I want. Whatever you want is great. Just live my life based upon whatever I think you want, right? And that's maybe where you've lived. Maybe not every area of your life, but maybe you do that in romantic relationships or you do that with family members or you do that in certain relationships. The complete opposite end of that scale is total selfishness, which is like, screw you, I got mine, I don't care. 
And you can see how both of those are dysfunctional. And what we what we want to do is we want to get find that happy medium. But sometimes if someone has been self-sacrificing for a really long time and then they move forward or up the scale towards selfishness, it actually puts them more in a in the middle of the range. And it feels really, you know, unfamiliar or perhaps, you know, self-centered to them. And it is more self-centered, but it is not necessarily dysfunctional or problematic, other than the judgments they might have of their own mind of not being a, you know, quote, nice person. But it can actually be very functional and very useful. So my goal for you, and if you want to choose to adopt it, your goal for yourself would be to be able to choose when to say yes and when to say no. That's the first step, right? Because if you can't choose it and you compulsively have to say yes to whatever people want, then uh, you're not really guiding your own life. And when you can choose it, it doesn't mean you have to always say no. That's the flip side, right? It's like, I do what I want. No, 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 no. It's like, well, maybe I will take something on. Maybe I will extend myself. Maybe I will do something I don't entirely want because I know overall it's better for the system. And this becomes very clear in relationships, which are not cut and dry, especially relationships with family, um, you know, parents, spouse, kids. There's a lot of stuff going on there that maybe you don't, it's not 100% I do whatever I want whenever I want. I mean, there's responsibilities and you know, things that you've agreed to or committed to that you need to follow through on. And so sometimes people will, again, go back to a simplistic mode of like, well, I'll just do whatever my wife wants, or I'll just do whatever my parents want, or I'll just do whatever my kids need. And it seems simple, and maybe it seems loving, but now you've again fallen off of really being able to choose. So, Step number one is be able to choose. How do you choose? Well, you got to practice being able to do the thing that you don't normally do. Practice saying no. Practice, you know, claiming something for yourself, taking on less or, you know, in, or maybe even taking on more, but for yourself, for, for your own well-being. Let me give some practical examples here so this isn't just totally abstract. So in family life, I get to see this all the time, right? Because there's needs of the kids. Uh, you know, obviously Candace, my wife, has things that she wants and needs. There's things that I want and need. And we're kind of navigating that whole system. Now, in the past, I used to just defer. This is even before Candace. My relationships were pretty dysfunctional where I was just like, whatever you need, honey. <laughs> and I didn't really know myself at all. With, with Candace, I'm definitely much better at knowing, you know, what is it that I need? What do I want? And being able to ask for that, being able to claim that. And at the same time, sometimes not doing something or giving something or extending myself. So one thing that uh, has come up in our relationship sometimes is that I will take little trips or day, two, day and a half uh, trips myself, by myself. I often like to combine them with hiking somewhere. So I'll be gone, you know, for a day and a half, just spend a whole day out in the mountains hiking something somewhere. And, you know, that will put certain strains on her. You know, she's got to take on more, put the kids to bed. And then we got a puppy um, about uh, four months ago. So then there's even more on her. And I remember when we first got the puppy, which was 100%. <laughs> I railroaded, railroaded the puppy through. No, not, that's not true. I, I was a very collaborative process in which I you know, wanted to make sure that Candace was on board. She had the right of refusal. But 
I was definitely, if it wasn't for me, the puppy would not have happened. That's, let's just put it that way. And part of the agreement was like, hey, I'm going to do the lion's share of taking care of the puppy. In fact, he's asleep right now. Yeah, he's asleep, mostly. And it's great. Uh, you know, while I work. So I'll, he'll, but I'll, I, you know, I'm with him in the morning, take him with me to the office during lunch break. I'll take him out and do stuff with him. Then I'm with him in the afternoon. The evenings is when I, I run some of my group programs and, and Candace will sometimes take him in the evenings and sometimes I'm responsible. It's sort of the plan was like, Hey, if you want to take the kids to a movie or whatever, like I'll, I'll always figure out a way to take care of the dog and I'll be responsible for, for his care. And of course, you know, everyone in the family is involved and everyone loves him now, but um, I, I'm sort of the primary care. But if I'm like, hey, I'm going to be gone for a day and a half. Um, see, ya, I'm going to the mountains. Then she's got to be responsible for now the two kids and the dog. And so when we first got the puppy, it was challenging. It limited our life. You know, it restricted. We're still in that phase to some degree. But uh, I felt guilty. I felt like, oh, I took this on and now it's more on Candace. And and so I didn't you know, ask for anything for myself. I didn't claim anything and say, hey, I need this time. Because I was like, oh, I don't want to put any more burden on her. It's already too much. And I did that for a couple months. And then at some point I was like, you know what? I, I want, I got to do these things. And, uh, and so it, and look in a relationship, giving or asking for what you want, or if you have some idea that it's going to be like comfortable and easy and no friction and you say, hey, honey, I want to do this. And your, your partner's like, oh, great. Do whatever you desire, my darling. I have no feelings about it whatsoever. Like, it's never going to happen. And so the goal is not just this total smooth, false uh, niceness with each other. It's realness. It's like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'm asking for. You know, and then she, so I remember I said, hey, I want to go around Mount Hood in a day. And uh and she's kind of like, oh, man, like we, we were planning on doing that together. And then we got this puppy and I haven't been able to train. And somehow you've been able to get your training in still. I was like, yeah, kind of. And um, and she, she was upset. And that's OK. She didn't say, like, I'm upset. No, you can't do it. And I didn't say, oh, you're upset. OK, I won't do it. You just sit in the upset you be with it. And this has taken me years of training and I'm still not perfect at it. Of course, I'll feel guilt and then I'll want to like shut down her feelings or I'll want to withdraw or I'll want to not do the thing I said I wanted to do. And it's taking me, it's like repetitions, like lifting a weight. You get stronger at being able to say, hey, here's what I'm looking for. And you also get better at asking more tenderly, more skillfully. Because when you feel like I got to get this and they owe it to me, or if they say no, it's not okay, and, and you come in kind of hard, it it leads to more of that conflict and tension. It becomes a bit more of a power struggle versus coming in with more vulnerability and saying, hey, this is something I'm hungering for. I really would like to do this. I know it puts a lot on you. This is what I'm imagining. Could I do it on this day? Let's talk about it. Would this day work for you? How do you feel about that? Do you see how that is? It, it's not... It's not apologetic. It's not like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm a bad guy, but I want to do this thing. You know, it's not like that. But it is like acknowledging the impact and then asking with clarity. And so that's a, that's an example of me of me asking for more, receiving more. And there's other times. Well, here, here's the thing about you see in relationships. When you're willing to do that and you have that difficult conversation and the person says yes, what are you then more inclined to do? Not from guilt or obligation, like you have to, but you're just more inclined to reciprocate. That's how humans are. 
relationships are reciprocal. So if Candace is like, yeah, I'll, you know, watch the shadow. That's a puppy's name. Shadow Wolf Ninja is his official name. You know, I'll, I'll be with him and uh, you can go do the thing. And uh, then what am I more inclined to do? Hey, you want to work out in the mornings or whatever? Like, yeah, I got, I got the, the boys and the dog. Like, let's, let's do this. Like, let's figure out a way for you to have what you need. Or if she wants to go somewhere for a day or a weekend or whatever. Like, yeah, let's figure out. Let's, let's help you get what you need. So there's this natural reciprocation. Now, imagine the, the converse of that, the opposite of that, where it's like, both, you know, I'm afraid to ask, so then I don't, and now I'm kind of resentful. And then she wants to go do something, and I'm like kind of dragging my feet because like, why should you go be able to do this? Because I wasn't able to do that. And you can see how it can get pretty toxic in relationships pretty quickly without anyone even fighting. Just a lot of like, oh, no, you want to do that thing? Oh, it's not going to work for me, honey, because I got this, this, and that. I'm sorry. And look, I'm being nice. I'm saying sorry. But underneath that is a lot of walls and resentment and, and basically passive aggression. So it's so much more effective to just ask and claim. And sometimes you just need to step up and give more. So one of my sons, uh, a younger one, five-year-old, uh, was having more. He's This generally, I was reading a book about development, and this starts in earnest at age six. And I was like, well, He's a little early because he's turned six in about a couple months. But, you know, he's like delightful and high energy and then just enraged if he's not winning a game and throws the board across the table and, um, you know, screams out a curse word or uh, just wants to break things. He just gets like, you know, angry and defiant at times. And so, you know, learning how to work with that. And at times I'm kind of like, ugh, I want to get away from him. (laughs) This is annoying, right? And what's needed there is not like, I need more time for myself. You know, like deal with this, Candace, to my wife, right? Like, no, what's needed more is me investing more energy, bringing more, even if I don't want to in that moment. I ultimately do want to, though, right? Because of what? Because I want the relationship with him because I want him to grow and develop and he needs leadership and guidance. It's the same thing with a puppy. I go through these phases where when I first got him, I was like, I'm going to train him so much. I'm going to do everything. Yeah, super owner. And then I got it, you know, uh, about, about a month ago. I got way more, you know, did a lot of, more of these hiking trips and uh, just day hikes and stuff. And I was having someone watch him during the day so I could go do the day hikes. And and then I kind of was like, I don't feel like training you so much. I don't really want to. And it's subtle because my energy shifts and his energy shifts and he acts out a little bit more. and He's doing more annoying puppy things. And then you're like, I don't like this puppy. I want to get away from him more. And I saw that pattern. I looked at it and I said, okay. This is not the way, like the way out isn't to wait it out until he's an adult when it quote gets easier. The way is to step up and give more right now. He needs more energy. And that's sometimes what's needed to solve a problem is like you want to get away. But actually what's needed is for you to invest more energy. And I don't mean that means doing a ton more things. It might, but it might just be, you know, that your your partner needs you to listen and be more attentive. And it doesn't mean you do that for 20 hours a day, just like 30 minutes of real deep connection. You know, maybe you're wanting to get away from something that's like, I I need more time for myself. I don't want to do all these work projects or whatever. Maybe, and maybe you do take some time off or whatever, but maybe what you need is to go in there and just crush it on those work projects and get a sense of progress and feel like you're getting ahead and winning as opposed to, you know, drowning in it. And I don't know the particulars of your life circumstances, but you do. And we got to be honest with ourselves and say, is now a time to move in and do more and take on more, even if part of me resists it? Or is now a time to, to say, you know what, I need some for myself. And it's not either or. Because I've found the more I'm able to recharge myself, obviously, the more I have to give. 
And this is one of those things that you've heard a million times. There's the cliche that I've heard so many times that annoys the hell out of me of like, you got to put your mask on first in the airplane and then your child's mask. It's like, ugh, get a better analogy, man. But it people use it so much because it points to something true, which is like if you are not sustained, if you're not giving yourself sustenance, then you are unable to consistently deliver what you can to others. And you're not able to, to grow because ultimately your capacity to give in relationships determines the quality of your relationships. Now, you also need to be able to ask and receive because if you're all giving and especially if you get into a relationship where it's, it's taken advantage of, you might have done that in the past. That's bad news, right? So, but but in general, assuming you're able to receive and ask and support yourself and 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 ask what you need for those that you love and and you know claim things for yourself, know what you need if you need self-care time, as long as you're able to do that, then you also want to be continually increasing your capacity to give generously. And that means give with an open heart. It could mean, you know, not necessarily giving away your items or possessions or things. It means giving your attention, giving love, giving what's needed. I mean, how often have you been in a certain social dynamic or relationship and you kind of know what's needed, right? Like this person just needs to be reassured right now, or this person just needs to be told that I love them, or this person just needs me to hold their hand, or this person just needs me to listen to them. And you know it, but inside you're like, I don't want to. I know what they want, but I don't want to do it because they don't deserve it, right? So that's, 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 that's growth right there. It's an opportunity for growth to grow in your capacity, to be more compassionate, more loving, more generous, more giving. And that only grows that capacity, which will improve all the relationships in your life. If you want to have an extraordinary romantic relationship, I guarantee you that people that are in extraordinary relationships, both people in the couple, this could be heterosexual, homosexual, queer, it doesn't matter. Both people in that couple have a high capacity to give but they also can receive what the other person gives because if it's all giving, then it gets imbalanced, right? So you want to cultivate that, but you can only cultivate that when you're also taking time for yourself or you know, in a sense, giving to yourself. So the giving isn't just about other people. It's about giving to yourself. So that's actually, is a perfect segue into our action step. Time for action, action, action. Your action step is to just take a snapshot of your life right now and see what do I need? What do I need to nourish myself? What's needed right now? Maybe you got some good routines going, you know, some self-care in the morning or you get to work out in the evenings or whatever your thing is. Maybe not. Maybe you had them and you've fallen out of them. Maybe you've never had them. Maybe for you, it's a clockwork thing. Like every morning I do X, Y, and Z, and that helps me feel nourished. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's, hey, once a week, I got to go do blank. And I don't judge whatever it is. If you're like, I got to go once a week, I got to, you know, just eat some uh, edible cannabis and eat a pizza and watch a movie. <laughs> and that, and then I feel like, you know, happy and light and recharged after that. And then I'm, I'm good for another week. Like, that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. You know, what, what nourishes you? Obviously, if it's something that has a really toxic effect over time, like I got to get hammer blackout drunk every three days to feel self-care. Well, I'd challenge that one, right? But, you know, if it's something that's not too deleterious in your life, doesn't have a major consequence, hey, whatever it is, you know, so don't think it has to be this pure, like I got to meditate every day because sometimes people think of their self-care and they and they they pile it on all this kind of perfectionistic achievement stress. And I'm like, maybe some, some things like, you know, I find for me, 
um, having some time in space and silence is really nourishing every day. Some time outside every day is really good for me. Some time in motion is really good for me. Um, and then there's the stuff that I, you know, I know that I need to do it, so I do it. Like some stretching and mobility is really good because I have a very active life and I want to keep it that way for as many years as possible. And I always want to take on more physically. And that's like the foundation. Uh, uh, my trainer says that that's like your, it's like brushing your teeth. It's like hygiene. Just do it every day, right? I know time with my wife, time with my kids, time to connect with friends and family. Now I don't do every, you know, I don't talk to every single friend or do everything every day, but I know it's like, oh, you know, a couple times a week, I need to touch base with a friend just to, just, I need, I know I need that. I, and like, you know, here's when I, here's about the physical amount of physical activity that I want to be able to do. How do I find that? How do I create that in my life? And I want you to reflect on what is it that I need to nourish myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And you don't have to go from zero to a hundred and have it all figured out right now. I don't know, maybe take some time. I, I've been tweaking and enhancing and altering and updating and upgrading my, my what I call it the ultimate schedule, which I teach about in, um, it's in the career acceleration course, part of Confidence University. If you want to go check that out, you can go to theconfidenceuniversity.com. But, you know, in there I describe how you, you, know, you create this ultimate schedule and it's a version 1.0 and then a 2.0 and a 3.0 and a 4.0 and you keep tweaking it out. And sometimes I would have to create this ultimate schedule, like what's, you know, version 1.3 or whatever. I can't start implementing that for another month. But then I, you know, I go out a month in my Google calendar and I start to move things around. Like when would I want to wake up? When would I want to go to bed? When would I want to... Uh, work out? When would I spend time with my kids? When would I spend time with my wife? When would I talk to a friend? And look, you don't map every moment of your life out. It's not realistic and you're probably not going to stick to it. But you are able to start to see what are the big things that I need. And then, you know, you run that uh, schedule, you run that plan for a little bit and see if you're, you know, does it support you? Does it nourish you? So your action step is to reflect on what is it, what are some of the things that I need right now? And maybe, you know, if you're doing some things consistently and it's nourishing you, great. Celebrate that. Acknowledge that as a win. And then, you know, is there a little upgrade? Is there a tweak? Is there something I can add or take out or that will imp- continue to support me in getting what I need? And that will support you in giving when you need to give. Beautiful. Thanks for being with me today. Until we speak again, may I have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.